Hey, everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Weiner Show, powered by Soundcraft Studios. Visit online at soundcraftstudios.com for all your needs. Looking on a professional website without breaking your budget, Soundcraft Studios is the answer. Soundcraft Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at soundcraftstudios.com. Mention the Mike Weidner Show. Get 20% off your first project. Soundcraft Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give official shout-out to our official sponsor, The Mike Wagner Show, international warring author, Mia Molson-Zia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molson-Zia, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those you love would be the first to go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molson-Zia has garnered great reviews and Eve Levin and Joyce by Howard's lovers, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and Manales. So grab your copy today for Girls Missing by Mia Molson-Zia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com on over 40 podcast platforms heard in over 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also, Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Audible, Apple Music. Also heard on HamiltonRadio.net, Diamonds FM, Oldies Radio, and a few networks coming soon. Take the Mike Widener Show with you on any mobile device. Subscribe to the Mike Widener Show on the YouTube channel. Follow the Mike Wagner Show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok today. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Wagner Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies, baseball gear. Makes great gifts 24-7. Go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Wagner Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash Mia for great books like Missing, Once, and Wrinkles. Also T-shirts, pop sockets hoodies, phone cases, and more, amazon.com slash Mia Molson Zia. Check it out today. I'll support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, themikewidenershow.com. Make sure you give generously today. We're here with a terrific uh, multi-talented Irish singer, songwriter, and classically trained uh, clarinetist, played in orchestras and in numerous uh, ensembles uh, throughout his career. Larry took up the saxophone and played with various folk rock uh, acoustic um, combos and earned a support slot for Donovan. He is um Career getting relaunched uh, in Native Ireland, and um, his uh, latest release uh, features um, his lifetime of um, music as a songwriter, musician, and singer, and his path considered, well, raw and organic, and also um, it tells the vignettes of life, and uh, very profound as well, too. And of course, uh, he's got um, the new release, which is called Convictions. It's also featuring um, Enemy of Love, Happy Days in shining and uh, also turning into you we'll be playing mockingbird as well too at the end of the program which is uh, one of the more popular ones and also play with one of the more um correctly claimed bands as well tuned in the 90s we'll talk about that live ladies and gentlemen from the plus studios somewhere in beautiful uh, downtown ireland although he's on holiday he calls his lovely ireland home ladies and gentlemen the multi-talented irish singer songwriter and classically trained clarinetist tony tyrell Tony, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today. How you doing, Mike? Great to talk to you. What's well, great to have you on board, Tony. So you're an Irish singer, songwriter, classically trained uh, clarinetist, playing orchestras and various ensembles. You later took up the saxophone and you play with various folk rock and um, acoustic combos. You also uh, earned a support slot for um, Donovan, who's making a comeback in Ireland. You also have been in uh, the um, band called The Afternoons, which uh, features a homage back in the 1990s, was critically acclaimed. Also, your news release features your uh, lifetime of music as songwriter, musician, and singer, and also little vignettes of life, like in Mockingbird, and also um, also Conviction, that's the name of the album, Happy Days, and more. And uh, basically, you, ju you just have a plethora of uh, experience just under your board. And before getting to all that, Tony, 
Tell us how you first got started. Uh, well, I started off, uh, you know, as a kid at about nine years of age, um, playing recorder. I moved on to clarinet then within a year or so, and then play clarinet uh, for, you know, maybe, well, I still play clarinet, but, you know, play clarinet in various sort of bands and had lessons and did all that sort of stuff and did the music grades that they have here in the Royal Academy. Um, and uh, and I played in you know concert bands and uh, symphonic wind ensembles, orchestras, big bands. I even played in a German beer tavern band at oh one point. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, it, you know, just kind of, you know, it was kind of half earning a living playing, you know, clarinet and sax and various types of things. Um, and uh, you know, I'm from that. I, I I started to play sax actually on invitation from a friend who was writing some music for a a play that had music in it. It's not not a not a musical, but a play with music in it. And he said, "Would you chance the sax?" I said, "Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do this because it's a, a fairly easy transfer from the clarinet." And um, so we started playing sax, and I found because I kind of learned the clarinet classically. And I hadn't kind of learned the sax that way, that it kind of opened up a whole new world for me in terms of just kind of playing, you know, kind of improvised playing. And uh, so I loved that. Start playing, you know, with a few guys, you know, kind of in a sort of folk sort of idiom, sometimes with clarinet, sometimes with sax, sometimes with even with penny whistles, you know, with Tim whistle. Um, and then in, in that sort of context, I began to write songs. I'd, al I'd always kind of written bits and pieces, poetry and whatever else, but never kind of wrote songs in, in, in the sort of full sense of it. Um, but a friend of mine said, you know, give it a go, and gave it a go, started to write songs and never, never looked back. Um, I, you know, originally I was writing with a guitarist, uh, so I was doing melody and lyric. And uh, you know, writing to the sort of chord structures he he'd have, we bang out tunes, and that was you know moved into the afternoons and this band that I played with during the nineties, and then I I think when that kind of broke up, um, I was kind of left at a loss a bit because I didn't play a corded instrument. I had a lot of music theory and so on behind me, but I didn't kind of play a piano or, or a guitar. So I kind of laid off it for a little bit. And then in the early 2000s, took up the guitar um, with a view to kind of writing songs again and um, got involved in a couple of projects there, some with you know people I played with before. And then I ended up doing a, a project where I wanted to write songs to sell them. And, uh, you know, my intention was, I, you know, get into writing because I really just love writing songs. And that's what I wanted to continue to do. Um, and in that context, I was working with a really good producer in, in Ireland, um, a guy called Keen Boylan. And uh, he was, you know, getting the musicians together for me and so on. And we were going through it and stuff was sounding great. And then he said, look, I, you know, here's a voice, here's another voice. Here's a... And none of the voices just sat in my head anymore i'd always been writing for other people but none of the voices he gave me kind of rang true and i said kian look i'm gonna have to sing these myself and he said but you don't sing and i said well i can sing but I, you know <laughs> and i i said also i'm not interested in i'm not the I, i'm not the the center here the song is the center because i want to sell the song so it shouldn't really matter too much how i sound you know so i i sang these songs which he told me was a mistake and uh I actually got a very good response to it, you know, to, to what I'd done, even though I was intending to do something else with them. And then people started asking me to play and go on radio shows. And I was going, oh, okay, uh, you know, I'll try this. 
Um, and so that was my first entry, almost kind of falling into the singing aspect, because what I was actually interested in was the songwriting aspect. And, you know, beyond that, then I did various bits and pieces, but which also involved, I, moved, I lived in America for about six or seven years, hmm. uh, which was kind of to do with, the, you know, my, my other half of my life, you know, how I now kind of you know, predominantly are in my living. And my wife, during the whole economic collapse, we work just brought us to the States. We ended up in Washington, D.C. for about six or seven years. But over there, I, I continued to play um, in little gatherings. Uh, we used to have things in their house called kitchen sessions where mm -hmm. people would come and some people would, you know, recite a poem. Some people would sing a song, uh, play a song, whatever. Um, some people even dance. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we had this thing going on and a community of people. And I, every time I play one, one of my songs, somebody would say to me, who wrote that song? You know, and I'd be playing this alongside other songs that I'd love, you know, cover versions and so on. And I kind of went, yeah, I really need to do this again. But then there was the whole moving back business and then was the whole COVID thing. And, you know, strangely enough, in the middle of the COVID thing, I just had time to think and time to sit down. And also I started messing around with the desktop recording and actually structuring and polishing songs and layering them and thinking, okay, this is how I'd like this to sound. This is the shape of the song. And um, from that, then this, this album came, you know, I, I, at that point I kind of thought, okay, this is, I need to do this now, you know, I need to kind of, get off my ass and kind of produce this <laughs> album, take take fuller responsibility for the songwriting thing, get the music out there and, um, and hence the album. Conviction, that is interesting. I like the way you put it, you know, just, you know, get off your arse and, uh, you know, get to it. So in those kitchen yeah. sessions, I thought about COVID and I said, I guess you guys were kind of step ahead of the curve, you know, you had the kitchen sessions before the COVID. And I think that was something you just kind of carried over. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so to some extent, but they were great. I mean, you, you know, you, you go in and I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I think a lot of musicians, unless they're like fully professional musicians or either session musicians or they're kind of star material that you go in and out of different phases. And sometimes you're very active and you're involved with lots of musicians in different ways and you always find a way to find musicians because that's actually the joy of it, the whole collaborative thing. And then sometimes you fall out. And like, for example, when I was in the States, I went to a couple of uh, songwriting workshops with Dar Williams um, and uh, they were really good for me as well in terms of kind of getting me my head back into that space and writing a lot of new material. And I just kept writing. So, you know, I ended up with this very, you know, vast library of songs. And um, when I went to, you know, I, I started kind of doing basic recordings of them. And when I found the producer I wanted to work with, a guy called Tommy McLaughlin, lives in the, in the Northwest of Ireland, in Donegal. Um, you know, I started kind of just, this was during COVID, you know, emailing, speaking to him on the phone, sending him some tunes and say, look, are you interested in doing this? And this guy has worked with a number of artists that I really like myself, um, a band called Villagers, who are quite big in, 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 in Europe. They're one of my favorite bands at the moment. In fact, a superb uh, a woman from, I think she's from Belfast, called Soak, who goes by the name of Soak and Swan. But there's very, you know, she, he, he's worked with some really, really good people. And I really like his touch, you know. And um, so I, I was in, in touch with him and I said, look, do you want to, would you be interested in doing this project? 
And he said, fine. And so we exchanged, you know, I gave him a lot of stuff on Dropbox and other ways. And, you know, he kind of would come back to me and say, what about this? What about this? And we whittled it down to about 12 songs um, that we then decided we do. Uh, it, during the session, the recording, we lost two of those and I brought in one more, which is the final track on the uh, on the album called Loving Those Steps. Uh, so we have 11 songs on, on the album. So I think, yeah, a large part of this was, you know, during COVID, we had restrictions, right, that I couldn't move within two kilometres of my home. Um, you know, no, we just in Ireland, this is just how strict it was. So life got really, really strange for a while, you know, and you, you began to think, hold a second, like, if, <laughs> if, this, if this is the way life could be, um, and this could go on for a long time, assuming it's going to change, I'm going, I'm going to change too. And I need to kind of push this out. I need to reach out more, stick my neck out a bit more, I suppose. And, um, you know, just kind of, yeah, go back to that phrase, go off my ass and, and actually, you know, take a risk. And I think to some extent, you know, this album was a risk. Um, you know, you, you know, you go through cycles in your life and you do something like this and people could think it's like a vanity project or something like that. So uh, part of my job here is to ensure that people understand it's not like I'm deadly serious about this. And I have a whole bunch of other songs that I want to follow up with, you know, another album and an album beyond that. Um, so that's my drill, as it were, that I'm in. I'm, I'm very, very serious about it, um, but not serious to the point that I'm hopefully boring. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. In fact, um, I was going to I was going to talk to you more about um, some releases as well, too. And besides some of the. Um, artists you mentioned off like the villages and more as well too who are some other favorite um artists singers songwriters especially um you know musicians growing up yeah well growing up i mean growing up i, I had i did I, I had two uncles who were within 10 years of me as when i was growing up right uh one of my mother's side one of my dad's side so they're their youngest siblings and they kind of fed me anything from, you know, Van Morrison to the Moody Blues, to the Beatles, to, you know, all that sort of stuff to, you know, Led Zeppelin, I suppose, as well. And I ended up, you know, finding Dylan myself, for example, just through other friends. And he literally is, you know, he's everything to me um, in, in terms of songwriting. And the Beatles are kind of everything to me in terms of music and, you know, to some extent songwriting as well, of course. Um, and so the two of them are the mainstays, but there's loads of stuff because I've listened to and played, you know, a lot of classical music, jazz music, for example, there's all that sort of stuff in, 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 my, in my background or in, in my ear, as it were. But, uh, you know, moving forward, there are a number of artists, anything from like Arcade Fire to say Radiohead, uh, as bands that I absolutely love because they feel to me, they feel to me like they have to be. They don't feel in any way manufactured. They just feel like a pure expression. Um, in songwriting terms, you know, you know, I'd be kind of fairly much infatuated with the likes of Ron Sexman, for example, uh, or Richard Thompson, you know, people like that who are superb craftspeople, you know, in what they do. Um, they, they just write brilliant songs all of the time. Um, but then I'd also have a whole other thing like, you know, on the sort of Pink Floyd's side of things and the David Bowie side of things and so on that I, I you know, absolutely um, love. 
and then in my local market there are loads of just really great artists you know like going back to the likes of villagers or there's like folk artists like the like christy moore i'm not sure if you you guys would have heard of them and then there's the sort of more traditional end of things you know the likes of the chieftains and planksy and all those sort of guys who would have been in my background and you know those people are still producing music you know planet and you know that type of thing so there's a whole bunch of stuff there which you know being i don't mean this in, in any sort of like we're a special way but if you come from a very small country which i do you know there are only five million of us and um, we're on a small island hanging off you know the west coast of europe you tend to look out and absorb a lot uh, because you're in this very small place so we look outside all of the time it's just an instinct that we have both in terms of literature news music whatever it might be and we consume a huge amount of of all of those things, you know? Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I have a very broad range of reference, I think, in terms of music. And, you know, to go back to the old adage, it's either it's good or it's bad music. So yeah, <laughs> I hope I follow the good stuff, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's certainly amazing. Of course, you're involved with one of the projects, which is called The Afternoons, and we'll talk about mm -hmm. that in just a minute, along with your album, Conviction. First, to listen to The Mike Wagner Show at themikewagnershow.com, powered by Soundwave Studios. Visit online at soundcraftstudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. Soundcraft Studios is the answer. Soundcraft Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs at below the competition rate. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at soundcraftstudios.com. Mention to Mike White and show get 20% off your first project. Soundcraft Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor, The Mike Widener Show, international warring author, Mia Molson-Zia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molson-Zia, available on Amazon paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. It takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those you love will be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molson-Zia has gone great with me. In Eve 11 and George about Howard's celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and Mayons. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Molson Zia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com on over 40 podcast platforms. Heard in over 100 countries, including HamiltonRadio.net, Diamonds FM, Oldies Radio, and more. Take us with you on any mobile device. Subscribe to the Mike Widener Show on the YouTube channel. Follow the Mike Widener Show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok today. For great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash Mia Molson DM for great books, merchandise, and more. I'll support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the themikewidenershow.com. Make sure you give generously today. You're here with the multi-talented Irish singer, songwriter, classically trained um, clarinetist, and saxophone player, Tony Terrell, here on the Mike Widener Show. And um, Tony, before we talk about your uh, latest release, Conviction, which you put your heart and soul in, you talked about the Chieftains and uh, Villagers and uh, along those lines. And one of the bands uh, along the lines that you were involved in was the Afternoons, which uh, you had homage back in the 1990s. And tell us about your time with the Afternoons. Yeah, great time, you know, uh, kind of, you know, one of those golden times in your life, you know, where you're involved with a group of people, uh, there, there were six of us in the band, it was kind of, I was playing sax and clarinet, there was a fiddle player in the band, you know, bass guitar, percussionist, female singer, the uh, the, the fiddle player was also a, uh, a singer, a female singer, um, so we, we kind of had this... We, we, we would have been contemporaries of the likes of the Coors and the Cranberries and, you know, those sorts of bands at the time. Um, and we were more kind of raggle-taggle than the Coors, you know, so we were kind of a, 
I think there may be a slightly safer space than we would have been in um, and not as rocky as the Cranberries. So we were somewhere in, in the middle of all of that. Uh, and a great kind of interesting time, you know, in music in Ireland, like a lot, a lot of bands. I mean, it's like kind of just mushrooming around the place and, you know, people playing. But, you know, we, we, we pushed and pushed and we made, you know, several demos run sort of like compilation albums and so on. And then we were approached by two uh, independent uh, labels who wanted us to make an album and we kind of jumped into it. I, I think in retrospect, I, I was saying this to you off air that we might've done this a little bit too quickly, you know, it was kind of like, you know, that that in, in those days, you know, making a record was, you know, having the record and having the CD or, you know, now it's a different sort of process that people go through. Um, and uh, so we, we went and made this, with with the producer who used to do a lot of our live shows with us, the engineering did a lot of our live shows, and he he kind of said, "Look, we're on a very low budget here, so we need to kind of really strip this back, you know, to to otherwise it won't make any sense when it's recorded." And we kind of went with that, and I think you know to some extent we took a bit of the life out of the recorded version of of the band because the live version of the band was really open at you you know really kind of you know went for you and it was very very uh powerful sound i thought and um, so while i think it, you know you stand over the songs and i think the general sound of the album i really liked as an acoustic album i think it might have sold us a little bit short so then we were kind of pushing to sell something that we just had a little bit of a doubt about ourselves. I think that happens to a lot of bands as well. Um, and we carried on, you know, did did well. We nominated for a number of awards, best band and all this sort of stuff. We played on, um, you know, we're kind of a lot of representative stages, including Needham, you know, it's a, this sort of music festival in Cannes in, in, uh, in France with Stiff Little Fingers and another band called The Stunning, who we were from Galway at the time. Um, yeah, so we, we had a great time, played all over the place and, uh, you know, loved it. But we didn't, we never quite got the traction to support six people, you know, moving through a number of years and, you know, with the economic pressure that all that brings. It's very, very hard to kind of hang there together. Although I must say that the hanging there together for the amount of time that we did is actually quite extraordinary itself. And it's the wonderful thing, I think, about being in a band. But it did teach me lessons in terms of what I've now done, in terms of how I, you know, what, knowing before you ever go near a studio exactly what it is you want to do. Um, you know, having that very clear in your head, because you'll always have doubts on the one hand, and then there will be suggestions. And you have to be sure enough to know which are the right suggestions to take and which are the ones to say, actually, no, I'm fine. I, you know, I'm, I, this is what I want, you know. So there's a kind of a, a connection between way back then and now in my own mind, um, except now I'm doing it on my own, um, you, you know, with, with you know, people obviously working with other people, but they're not invested in it in the same way as the six of us would have been invested in that project way back then, you know. Hmm. That's rather interesting, too. And it's amazing. You guys still communicate, stay in touch and everything else after all these years. It's like one of the special things about being a band. Unlike those that rise to the top and get into fights, and never speak to each other again. You just have like a, a couple and then you remain friends for so many years. It's amazing. 
Yeah, it's wonderful. And it is because you share experiences. It's like, you know, it's like running a small business, except, you know, on speed or something. It's just there is so much happening when you're in the band. And and also, you know, for a long period of time, I think with any band, unless you're extremely lucky, you're doing it for nothing. You know, and there's a lot of time involved in the, in, you know, in the rehearsal and the travel and, the, you know, the, the turning up and, uh, you know, the just being there and, you uh, you know, a lot of emotional effort as well, I think, involved in it. So when you expend that level of emotional effort uh, and you're kind of, you open yourself up to people, I think, you know, and to you can be hurt very easily, which is probably why people do end up, you know, kind of fighting with each other. But no, thankfully, I think we kind of, you know, I'm still in contact with with all the people in the band, and uh, I just, I, uh, my friend Sarah, who played the fiddle in the band, came. She's living in in uh, in the states now. Actually, live she's from Ohio, but she's living in New York. Um, she was over just recently with her new partner. We had a great time with her. Uh, Denise, the singer, I see regularly enough, and I see the percussion player all the time, Kieran, and you know, go to rugby matches and whatever else with him, and you know, have you know, chew the fat. So yeah, it's great. So there's a different a different vibe doing it alone um you know in terms of who you might turn to um for the decisions that have to be made uh and i i think i'm probably a better decision maker now um and i kind of can get through that uh you know that process more uh, securely i suppose and come out with something at the end funny enough one of the things in my own head i said to myself going into this was that Whatever I produced, I would stand over and I never wanted to apologize for it. So at some level, I really don't care what people think about this album because I really love it. Um, and I, you know, I've come to that, you know, to that point. It's actually a nice feeling, you know what I mean? Um, but it's not enough because if you make something, you clearly want to communicate it to as many people as possible. But that's a different thing to the actual artifact itself. I'm really... I really like what I've done um, and I'm really happy with that and committed to it. Uh, and so I'm prepared to put in whatever amount of work now in order for more people to hear it. But behind all of that, there's a certain satisfaction that, yeah, I did that. I think this is quality work and I'm happy that I got there, you know? Mm -hmm. And very happy indeed, along with uh, Mockingbird to be released next month. And uh, as well, we'll be playing uh, at the end of the broadcast. Listen to the Mike Weiner Show at the themikewidenershow.com, powered by SoundCloud Studios. Visit online at soundcloudstudios.com for all your needs. Also brought to you by our official sponsor, the Mike Weidner Show, International Warring Author, Mia Molson's Day of Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We'll be back with the multi-talented Irish singer-songwriter, Tony Terrell, after this time out. We're back with multi-talented Irish singer-songwriter Tony Terrell here on the Mike Widener Show with his uh, latest release, Conviction. And, um, you know, let's talk more about that. You've got Enemy of Love. You've got um, also Shining as well. Happy Days. And you got um, After the Day as well, and, or Another Day. And uh, tell us more about those. Yeah, I think there's a, a range of different style of songs on the on, on the album. You know, uh, the, the sort of Happy Days song is kind of more in the sort of country folk idiom. Uh, it's the only song that has a fiddle on it. Actually, you know, the fiddle is on that track, and it's in a it's in a sort of a three four e well maybe more six eight but sort of has that sort of waltz type feel to it. 
and um, it, a song I wrote, you know, a while back and had to kind of polish then for, for the album. And it, it, to me, it's kind of largely about the relationship between the old and the new, you know, what we call progress sometimes and sometimes what we leave behind. So that, I, I kind of like that song. It's a well-written kind of solid song. Moving on to something like Shining, for example, that is probably a more more rocky type of song, more uh, you know more modern alternative rock kind of feel of it, uh, more angst driven type song, and funny enough, more uh, a song that was more immediate. It just kind of came out as it was, whereas you know would have wanted to do a lot more work with. Um, it just came out as it was. I was messing around with a descending baseline pattern, and the song just came out. And um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, a bit of a, me having a conversation with myself uh, in my head. <laughs> and uh, I'm not quite sure what it is about, but I really like it. I, I, I like, I always like those, you know, it's the likes of say Dear Prudence or Why My Guitar Gently Weeps, those sort of, you know, those step down type of songs. Mm. I just really love that feel of a song. Um, so I think a lot of the, the, the sort of what I'm trying to do in the album is create a mood, um, you know, with with the various songs, you know, something like Another Day, which was the, I think that was that the second single from the album um, is a more narrative driven song. Um, and it's much more in a sort of a, um, um, I wouldn't say pop, but more mainstream um, song. And it, it, that was a challenge for me um, in that I, I was driving my car one day stopped at a traffic light there was a, a car pulled up beside me there was a girl in the car and she was very upset and she also had this little dangly giraffe from her rear view mirror mm. um, and the two of those things just struck me stayed with me and I kind of thought I have to write a song about this girl um, and so I, I wanted to write a song that was more a a, a story you know a more a direct story um, and to control the song in the way that a lot of very good songwriters do, the likes of Ron Sexman, for example, Elvis Costello, Paul McCartney, those sort of people that have this great command of, you know, bringing you from point A to point Z, and you don't really even know you've gone there, because it's, you know, to do that in three and a half minutes, four minutes, whatever, is, you know, it's quite a task, you know, to actually have a whole story there. Um, so I, that was a much more a longer slog, you know, craft, trying to craft a song like that. But, you know, I love doing it and I, I hope I told the story well. And then Mockingbird is a sort of a more in your face, um, you know, kind of more brash song uh, that's about a falling out that I had with a very good friend of mine and, um, uh, you know, had lots of consequences for me, for him and for a lot of different friends because our, our lives were intertwined um, so it, it's a kind of very personal song and hopefully it comes across like that you know this it's you know, thing it's there's regret in it there's anger in it there's betrayal in it there's all those things in it um, and to me it kind of has a sort of inevitability about it it's almost like a juggernaut you know from start to finish it just charges along um, so yeah so there there's some of the songs and the different sorts of flavors that I think are are in there on the album, which I think is very much trying to focus on the songs rather than any one given sound. Uh, although hopefully it holds together in terms of it's basically a four piece band and my voice, you know, that's what the, 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 the thing is built around. So there is an identity there, but I don't think everything sounds the same.
Mm -hmm. And that's very interesting as well, too. And where can we find um, conviction at, especially with the upcoming single Mockingbird and more? Where can we find conviction in all your works at? Yeah, so all, you, you'll find all of that on Spotify, Tony Turrell, and you know, on Spotify, on, on Apple Music, on YouTube. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know, you guys use Instagram and so on. Uh, so it's basically everywhere, as well as my own website, which is TonyTurrellMusic.com. Um, so, you know, all of the material will be on there, as well as I have a blog on there, people can read and so on. Um, and that's what I'd be building on as I, as I move along. So the platforms are great, but they're a little impersonal, I think. So I think, you know, there's probably more stuff I can do through my own site that, you know, people want to get a sense of who I am or how I see the music and so on that they can, you know, they can tune in better there. We will certainly check that out as well, too. We're here with uh, Irish singer, songwriter, multi-talented Tony Terrell here on the Mike Widener Show with Conviction. And just a few more things, Tony, what else can we expect from you in 2022 and beyond? Okay, well, I, I think, you know, I'm going to have to tour the album with a band, you know, so playing acoustically is one thing, but with a band is another thing in terms of both cost and organization. So that's something I'm kind of getting my head around and putting that together. Uh, I'd love to get over to the States, uh, you know, to, to, I know a lot of people through various means in, in, who are involved in music. So maybe even go over there, recruit a band and play, you know, play some sort of a circuit there. I think the music would, people would like it there, you know, in terms of just the, the, the sort of the type of music it is. So that's, that's that. I, I'm also writing some new material and working on some older stuff because what I really want to do is I want to get traction for this album. So I have a lot of work to put in to get feedback that says to me, hey, Tony, there's enough people like this stuff for you to do it again. All right. So that's the ambition. It isn't world domination or anything else. It's enough you know, enough feedback from out there to say, you know, this is, you know, this is appreciated and there's enough coming back to me, both in terms of good vibes, as well as some sort of economic return that says, yeah, you know, Tony, go ahead, do this again and I'll do it again. Cause that's really what I want to do, you know, is the next, I think, I think you, you talk to so many people, Mike, that all you really want to do is the next thing, you know, and, uh, you know, but, but you have to take care of the current thing as well. And, you know, opportunities like this are obviously fantastic for somebody like me. So I really appreciate you, you know, having me on the show. Mm -hmm. And it, it, there's always good things having uh, what's coming up next and everything else. You know, there's always more anticipation and what you got is uh, really good as well, too. And uh, we're certainly looking forward to what you have. And um, who do you consider biggest influence in your career? In my career in music? Well, I think I, I think I said this to you before. I think it has to be Bob Dylan. You know, I just find him extraordinary, you know, that he's done so much extraordinary work over such a long period of time. He's never, ever been put in a box. You know, he, he resists it, you know, with, with all of his being. Um, he's covered so much territory, you know, politics, religion, his personal life, all that sort of stuff. And come back again with these extraordinary, you know, this extraordinary work at the end of his career. Um, or what appears to be the end of his career, because you never know. <laughs> and, you, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the consistency, you know, of the art that, that for me is phenomenal, you know, that... I, I, I was hooked on him. I heard uh, The Times They Are Changing was the, no, sorry, actually, Desire was the first album I heard. And then The Times They Are Changing. Then I just start gathering everything and, you know, listening to it and then keeping abreast of it as, you know, so I can almost mark out periods of my life, you know, as, as I hear all of these different albums. And, you know, somebody of that stature, 
you can forgive almost anything because of just the depth that he has there, you know, because some of the stuff hasn't been great, uh, but the vast majority of it is is extraordinary. And um, so, yeah, I think that would be the, the, the biggest influence by far uh, in terms of just plowing your own furrow, you know. Uh, I wish I had his books, you know, the, uh, and that's kind of part of what I'm tapping into, I would hope, is like saying, well, you know, just do your own thing because that's all you can do, you know, and stand over it. And so that's what I'm, I'm hoping to do. Mm, and certainly and certainly doing a good job at that. And what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point? Um, I think it's that, you know, is, is kind of apply yourself to your craft, your art, um, have a very strong idea of what it is that you want to do, and then take the advice that's merited. Uh, you know, there's always good advice, but you do need to know what you want and um, because you can get thrown all over the place, I think, both in terms of where you think you're going, but also then in terms of the actual sound you make. Um, so I think, you know, do do what, what feels right because then you won't be regretting it. Uh, and uh, also, I think, be realistic in your ambitions. You know, it's not all about, you know, stardom and all the rest of it. It's about music in, you know, the end of the day. And yes, music has to be communicated. We don't all need millions of followers. You know, we, we, you can survive on a lot less if they're the right followers. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and just apply yourself in that way. And I think that's where you get the satisfaction comes from is the music, meeting people who like the music, you know, whatever numbers of people that happen to be, talking about music to people like you um, and, you know, having these sorts of opportunities is amazing. You know, it's, it's just great. And just, just do it. I've said to other people, Mike, that my, my abiding thing in my mind now is action reaction. You know, it's almost like physics, you know, that I keep taking action to support this album. There will be some form of reaction. I have no idea what that will be. You know, it can take many different forms. And I really don't mind at a certain level. You know, I, I just I just keep pushing it and the world will give back something to me um, and it may be opportunities like this. It may be to work with somebody else. It may be to write for somebody else or it may be to record another album. But whatever the hell it is, you know, I'm going to grab it, you know, because that's where the music will be bringing me. Mm -hmm. And certainly as well, too, just great advice as well. And once again, with a singer, songwriter, multi-talented from Ireland, Tony Terrell here on the Mike Wright Show with Convicting. Uh, already on Spotify with the soon-to-be-released Mockingbird. Tony, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Looking forward to having you again soon. Make sure you keep us up to date. Keep in touch. We'd love to have you back. We wish you all the best. And once again, um, tell us about your upcoming projects. What's your website? How do people contact you? Where can people purchase or check out your music? Okay, so I'm on all of the platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, and so on. But my own uh, website is tonytyrrellmusic.com, and you'll get a better feel for me. The music will be on there. You can buy the CD and all that sort of stuff there, as well as all the streaming thing. So, yeah, all the usual places, YouTube, Spotify, etc. And uh, I, you know, I, I'm based in Ireland, so we've been playing. It's going to be over here for the next while, but hopefully I'll get over to you guys soon as well. Sounds good as well. That's a plan. Once again, Tony, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely amazing. Looking forward to having you in soon. Make sure you keep this up to date. Keep in touch. Love to have you back. We wish you all the best. And Tony, you've got a great future ahead of you. Thank you, Mike. Fantastic. You're a star.